This house was perfect for our family. Your goal in life is to give your children everything you can, but the best thing is love. Welcome to Ideas of Order, a podcast dedicated to answering the question, what does home mean to you? I'm Jeremiah Brent, and today we are coming to you from New York City with two very important guests. They're extremely dear to my heart. The person who has actually taught me in so many ways the art of home and the person that I've always dreamt of crafting a home for my entire life. My mom, Gwen, and my daughter, Poppy. We're going to reminisce on my childhood home. We're going to learn more about a really big opportunity and a move that my mother recently made and how our ideas of home are solidified at a young age. So for those of you listening, my mother had a very interesting childhood. She was a military brat that moved around a lot. So I was wondering, Mom, what was home for you growing up? Uh, Family, because I was never in one place long enough to know what a real home was. I never knew childhood friends and all of that where it binds you to a place. When you guys were traveling around and you bounced from home to home, were there things that you guys took with you? Or do you just, when you moved, you kind of had what was at that house? No, no. We took everything with us because, you know, we didn't know what we were getting into. Right. How many times do you guys think you moved? At least, I want to say at least 15 times. Wow. Before high school. Mm Mm-hmm. Was there ever a spot or a house in your childhood that really stood out to you? Yeah, I think Florida. We lived in Tampa. It was just a little kind of a ranch-style home. Mm -hmm. I loved the nature of it. I was one of those children who liked to catch snakes. Yes, I did not inherit that. Yes, I had no problem with that. My mother had a problem with it, however. And used to bring them home, right? Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. And then she'd say, Gwenny, I think that one's poisonous. (laughs) I want you to know something. If Poppy ever brought home a snake, I think my husband would pass out. Really? He'd actually pass out. He thinks <laughs> yeah. nature should be viewed through glass. It's really something I've tried oh. to work on since we met. Oh. So what did that house look like and feel like inside in Florida? It wasn't anything fancy. You right. know, it was just a three-bedroom home. But I think it was because of the way our family felt there. Why? For one, my age. Yeah. I was nine or ten, a time when you're becoming very aware of things. Yeah. There was a lot of love. It was a loving chapter. Yes. 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 Because it was a complicated journey. Yes. Your parents were complicated. Yes. As a lot of people's parents can be. They did the best they could. Exactly. When you like look back at your childhood and, you know, even after you left, because you moved out fairly early, right? Day after I graduated high school. Yeah. Is there ever a space that really held you? that you look back and you're like, wow, that one space really made an impact on me or affected me? Probably the house in the country. As long as I was with my family, I felt safe and secure and that was home. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized people have lifelong friends. Yeah. I made friends that were temporary because I wasn't going to be there. And homes that were temporary. Yes. So your introduction into home was transactional. Yes. I wanted you guys to have roots. You know, when I look back and I, I'm always interested kind of at that question of like how if there was a space that really held somebody or made an impact on them. And I put myself through that technical exercise once and it was Grandma Arlene's kitchen table in Merced and her atrium. 
there's, there was such a, she was such a dichotomy as a mother. Mm. She had her issues, yeah. but as a grandmother, she was really nurturing to mm-hmm. me. Everything she did was rooted in creation or nurturing. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't somebody who was good at doing either of those, no. doing, doing, th- doing that well to people. And so I always, I remember sitting in that space and thinking, is this who she wants people to see her as? You felt it. Even if she wasn't good at expressing it, yeah, you felt it. Right. So you leave home. What happens next? I became a cop. So One of the first cops, female police officers in California. Yes. No, the first females in that particular county. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when you could only wear a skirt, right? Oh, God, yeah. And my nylons caught on fire when I was directing traffic. You had to wear fucking nylons? (laughs) No, nylons, a skirt, and we had flares, and the wind was blowing (sighs) And all of a sudden, my nylons (laughs) kept growing up, 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 up. And I was like, oh, my God, those are very, very, very Didn't you refuse to do it? And we were like, I'm putting on pants. I put on pants, yes. I said, give me my pants. I think that sums you up pretty (laughs) well. Mm, Pretty much. What was the first home you ever bought? Little house. I was 20 years old. I bought a little house from an estate sale in uh, Modesto. It was two bedroom, one bath little den built on, you know, it was probably a, a porch that somebody mm-hmm. made into a den, had a little stove, you know, wood stove inside. I had the best time and it had a chandelier. Every place I've lived, there's been some sort of chandelier. After bouncing around your entire life and not having a real relationship with home in general, why would it be important to you to buy something? Roots. Nobody can make me move. There's a pride in ownership, of course. But it's also, you feel secure and you did it yourself. You gave yourself the security you need. You weren't relying on somebody else to do it for you. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, pride, the integrity, all of it. Why'd you leave that house? I had gotten pregnant with you. Surprise! So I went to a little apartment that had a pink stove, which for some reason I adored. Is there something that you've always looked for? In a house, because you've owned a lot of homes. Light. Light. I can tell you immediately, light is everything. It's something that makes you feel connected. It's funny. I think I feel like a cat sometimes. I like to bask (laughs) in the sun. Yeah, me too. So, you know, we have different childhoods, obviously. You were coming from a childhood with design that's just transactional and purely, we're here, we got to be here. But how did you start crafting spaces for yourself? you realize that there are things that make you feel at home. Mm -hmm. I gravitated initially towards antiques because there was so much history in them. It made me feel very comfortable and comforted. I like antiques too. Um, That's why you like me. (laughs) (laughs) I married a really cute antique. Yes, he is adorable. He doesn't know he's an antique, which is probably (laughs) part of his lure. Um, I want to skip forward a little bit because the first home I remember growing up in was a little yellow house on Sunset Drive. Mm -hmm. And we had a huge backyard. Sunrise. 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 Um, And we had a huge backyard and we had ducks that were mean, but I love them. (laughs) hated the dog. Um, And I remember it, again, being full of light, small but perfect. And it's important noting, too, because my mother will never say it, but she's always given and gone above and beyond for everybody in our family. She's always worked three-plus jobs my entire childhood. And there was, I will never forget, a really interesting moment. I've shared this with a lot of people before, but we had a really amazing home. 
in a really bad neighborhood all of a sudden. It became bad, which yes. things happen. And I'll never forget how hard you worked to get us a house in the best neighborhood, right on the fringe, yes. which you got us into the best neighborhood. That which I could it, afford. Which in turn, it was the best schools and the best new opportunity. Well, you're right. It started with fear. Yeah. You weren't sleeping in your room because the gangs were fighting. Yeah. And there was gunfire and everything else. And it wasn't like that when we moved in. So we found this house. It needed work. Every house does. But it had the light, the big windows. You know, I like a good galley kitchen. Mm -hmm. This house was perfect for our family. Your goal in life is to give your children everything you can. But the best thing is love, witnessing their life, being there for every event. I'll never forget when we moved into that house. I was like, we are rich. <laughs> no, I, I was like, mom, yeah, mom is really killing it. This is going to be so great. I have my own room, parquet floors. Mm. I was like, who am I now? What is my journey? Um, I've always been connected to the sense of pride that you have with home. Everybody was always responsible for their participation in home mm -hmm. and responsible for taking care of it. Sunday mornings were chores. You know, I was vacuuming those steps and you were doing what you were responsible for and contributing. I remember when you had the opportunity to get a decorator for the first time. Ooh. Oh my God. Do you remember the reveal like when we walked in and the yes. house was completely done? Yes. How did that feel? It was amazing. It's one of those things you just stand there and go, oh my gosh. This is gorgeous. How do you, how did she do this? Yeah. You know, and you learn from it actually. Yeah. Except for that one item that looked like an urn. Oh yeah. I think you kept it though. I did. You still have it. I did. I'm Why do you I'm have so that? Creepy. You are I don't so, know. I remember being like, what <laughs> aunt is in there? What's happening? Yeah. We had people actually think it wasn't her. Yeah. And it's not like it's fancy either. Yeah. You just liked it. I just like it. When you look back at memories of that house, was there one in particular that stands out to you? It's never a thing. It's a feeling, joy, laughter. That's what makes home home. One of the first memories I have of actually my childhood, and it's ironic because, you know, I'm doing this podcast with California Closets, but when you had them come in and do your dressing room, and I remember sitting back and watching the sense of pride and, and ownership you had and the fact that you were creating something that was personalized to you. Do you remember that? Does it stick out to you? As you kids were growing up, there was always things you want to do to the homes you live in. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not possible. Right. At that time in our lives, I got a designer. I wanted a closet like that. Mm -hmm. I crave organization. And so I've seen closets that were out of this world. It was something I really wanted to do. Yeah. And it was yours. For me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Can we not be twins? <laughs> <laughs> was there anything when you look at our house growing up that you remember bringing in that you had in your own home? Oh, you know, you bring your childhood with you. You have to recover from it most of the time, but you do definitely bring it with you. Yeah. I think it was discipline. We wanted you kids to grow up with good heads on your shoulders, but we were also very loving. So we brought all that with us and never a thing that mattered. Not like a cookie jar that your mother makes. You did so much that I think made such an impact on me. Really? Uh-huh. There was music playing on the weekends. Always. 
that has changed. I mean, I now I listen. I mean, every day there's you know now we there's been music every day in my life. Every morning the kids wake up to it. I remember watching the pride you had and the ownership around your home and make you taking care of it. I think is really what fortified my need for and my respect for practices and rituals and setting a space. It's important to me to have a candle lit. It's important to me to have the window cracked just the right amount of space. I remember you'd have flowers on the weekends when you got two seconds. And I remember the smell of that window where the dining table was that went to the backyard. The middle window would be cracked. And I remember I'd get a whiff of what was ever what was on the dining table, that small round dining table. So it wasn't just all provide, provide, provide. You did more than just physically provide. I think there was a lot that happened there emotionally. It's just the way you do. I didn't even know I was doing it. Do you miss that house ever? I cried when we left it. Yeah. Definitely because, you know, you kids grew up there. Yeah. I understand now or then why people want to stay in one place, which I never understood before. You leave all of the things that remind you of what happened there, but you take home where you go and you make a new one. I had that moment with... um our last house, the townhouse on Charles Street in New York, which was 17 feet wide. It was, it not, was adorable. It, yes, I it love was that place. cute. I felt like Stuart Little. Um, but <laughs> we had this thing in that house. There was like this unique chapter with the kids where we always danced around the island every single day. Anybody that came by, you got dragged into a dance party around this kitchen island. And I remember we were leaving. I wasn't sad about leaving. I was so excited to come home in so many ways to where we are now. But I remember saying, just thinking to myself, I can't take this island with us. I was like, but it'll be okay. We'll do it in the next house. But the truth is, it's we don't. No, it's a different thing. And it didn't come with us. And that was... But you still dance. We do. And I, it's the same way that, you know, coming back to Fifth Avenue where we're at now, mm-hmm. um, it's the same way I look at what used to be Poppy's old room. And now it's a closet. You know, it's like everything's... It, it just exists there. And so I'm really fascinated with people who don't leave the audacity to stay, you know, and how something's good enough. Yes. And life doesn't get in the way, I guess. No, you don't let it, I guess. Hi, Surround listeners. It's me, Amanda Schneider, host of Design Nerds Anonymous. And I've got exciting news to share. Another mini-series of DNA is on the way. With the help of my fellow podcaster, Kaylin Reed from the Alternative Design Podcast with Kimball International, we'll be sharing nuanced insights from recent research conducted across four vertical markets, corporate, education, healthcare, and hospitality. Think of this as your prequel to season six launching this fall. Our topic is the future of customer decision-making. We're hearing that project decisions around the built environment are taking longer. And we wanted to know why. So we explored with your customers, and we're very excited to share the results with you. Dropping before Neocon to give you updated data, better tools, and new questions to drive conversation. We're here to facilitate dialogue that helps our industry and beyond streamline that decision making. So make sure to follow Design Nerds Anonymous, subscribe, and then tune in on May 16th for the first episode in this four-part series. All right, bye for now. 
Ideas of Order is part of the Surround Podcast Network, where you can also hear shows like Design Tangents from the creators of Cool Hunting or Clever, hosted by Amy Devers. Head over to surroundpodcasts.com and listen now. You have gone through <laughs> quite a whirlwind. I'm going to give the Cliff Notes version and you, you cut me off. You left um, our childhood home. You moved to the country where you had a completely new life, essentially, which was you a country bumpkin. Yes. Still, you would travel. You would drive to the city, a two and a half, three hour commute to San Francisco every day to work, mm-hmm. then come back. On the weekends, I came to visit you once and you were in a crock. I didn't know who I was talking to. <laughs> And those crocs, seen, you guys just went crazy. I've That's never crazy. not seen my mother crocs. growing. My mother was always in a statement earring, a heel, a dress, like everything was. And then she kind of slipped into this country life and you were so happy mm-hmm. and you loved being outside all day. Mm-hmm. From there, you moved to Chicago mm-hmm. because my little sister went to school in Chicago and then I moved to New York. So you went to Chicago so that you would be closer to everybody. And you were having a baby. I was having a baby. Poppy was being born. How was Chicago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not your favorite spot. This is somebody who has always been in warm weather. Uh, well, been in warm weather for the last 20 years. Well, yeah, I lived in Maine as a child um, for a little while. Uh, Chicago, it is so different from San Francisco. Because San Francisco is more like, you know, laid back, go mm-hmm. with the flow, whatever you want to do. Very artsy. Yep. Chicago, and I'm going to be very blunt here, Chicago is badass. I loved that aspect of it. I worked downtown. It was really cool. I love Chicago. I've never seen a colder town with more alfresco dining. I, it's fascinating. Or so many bars. I, well, yes. <laughs> bars and tater tots. Uh-huh. I mean, oh, yeah. I've never had a bad tater tot in Chicago, <laughs> which is fine. And obviously, my husband, that's his, that is his food of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, you're in Chicago. And I think it's important to note that this opportunity happened where, overriding the course of the book that I was talking about earlier, Nate and I had traveled to Portugal and I'm Portuguese. My grandmother, my mother's mother is Portuguese. And it's always been kind of this thing in our family, something that we've always talked about. And Grandma Arlene always wanted to get back to Portugal, never did. And I went to Portugal to look at a house, a farm that a friend told me that we should look at and walked in and fell apart. The legacy of what the house represented, you know, the idea that I could create a space that I could just hand to my children someday that would hold memories, sweat equity, and everything and anything it needed to, all just wrapped up in this place. And I was sitting in the room talking with Nate about it. And we were both, you know, beside ourselves. We're like, we're going to do this. We're going to buy a farm in Portugal. Who are we? What are we doing? And we bought it that day. And on the property, there's five homes and it's 20 acres and sprawling. And it's between two beautiful nature reserves and I'm making it sound very romantic. It's also a fucking ruin. <laughs> she is but a beautiful, ruin. a beautiful ruin. And I said to Nate, I wonder if my mother would ever want a house here. And Nate said to me, a hundred percent, the house, there was this bread house that was adorable in the way it was situated. And we're like, well, let's give it to her and see if she even wants it. I wasn't expecting it. We got there and we drove up that road leading into the, <laughs> into the farm was rough and ready. There was that little shrine. 
as you drive in. The religious shrine, yes. And then you come around and you see the place. And yes, it needs work, Mm -hmm. but it is gorgeous. You go through those gates, trellises with flowers, all kinds of flowers and grapes growing on the trellises. And then you look to the left, orange trumpet flowers. You look straight ahead, you see another long arbor. And again, the trumpet flowers and the roses. The wind blows and you feel something. Yeah, I felt that when we went there the first time. What was it about the house that drew you in first? The birds started. It was the first time I heard all of this nature. You know, I've lived in a lot of places, but never have I heard the birds the way they were there. It's gorgeous. Yeah. How do you want the house in Portugal to feel? What's the most important thing for you in this new chapter of your life? I want people to walk in and feel comfortable Mm -hmm. immediately. I want them to see beauty, but I also want them to sit down and feel like, hey, we can hang out here. Let's have a barbecue. Let's have some pie. You know, growing up, we didn't travel internationally, but we, on the weekends, you did what you could. We'd, you'd pack up me and my sister, and we'd get in a car, and we'd go camping, or we'd go to a small town, and we'd do exploring. And I remember you always saying to me, you know, and her, look around, tell me something beautiful that you see. And that's obviously wildly impacted my life. It's something that I also passed down to our children. That farm for me was the culmination of all those beautiful moments. It was trees, it was light, it was birds, it was water, it was memory. Like it was just perfect. It's like a ribbon was tied. What was it about it that made you feel confident enough to take the leap to do it? My mother, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have a connection with her the way I should have probably as a child. But as I've been in Portugal, I understand her now. The superstition the expressions, the food, the sparkle in her eye. I know why. Yeah. Do you feel different living in Portugal? Yes. You know, I'm a very stressed person because I was, yeah, my lifestyle, but I relaxed. It's tranquil. There is something very divine, for lack of a better word. This farm represents to me the legacy of our family and the generations that will pour themselves into it. The idea that our kids will grow up at the house and that'll always be your house and there'll be gardens that they always run through that you planted and that there's going to be pieces of us everywhere forever. And hopefully, I swear to God, if they sell it, I'll kill them. I'll come back. (laughs) Just kidding. But there's an opportunity there. It's something that we can hold on to, you know, because I know who I am. I know who my husband is. And we may move and our life may go this way. And we follow life. You know, that's what's great. The promise that we made to each other. But this place will always stay. It'll always hold so much of what you and I equate to beauty and um, substance is from Grandma Arlene. And then we've kind of all come back to where it started. It's really interesting to me. And so much of Poppy reminds me not only of you, but also there's a lot of Arlene in there. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's interesting to watch, you know, we go to Portugal and those kids act like we've lived there for 25 years. It's just wild. When I first decided to go, I had this image in my head of the kids running to my house and just loving being at grandma's house. Yeah. Laughing, talking, all the moments. What is it like being a grandmother to you? Amazing. Who would have thought the little queen would have kids? 
<laughs> I certainly don't. <laughs> you know, when you raise your own, you're responsible for making them and shaping them into the best human being you can. Mm-hmm. Kids, you know, their perceptions are part of who they become. Right. You do the best you can and you have to be strict. You have to do the hard stuff. I don't have to do that as grandma. <laughs> I am nothing but love because I know that I did everything I could with you yeah. and your sister and you are good people and you're doing exactly what you should be doing. You're raising kind, loving children and I love being around them and thank God they like being around me. We'll see how that goes when we become teenagers. <laughs> You know, that always changes. It's been a really interesting experience having children because I had all these pretenses around how and who and what I was going to be. And I'm nothing like the person I thought I was going to be as a parent. And I think that's a good thing. And it's such borrowed time. And I don't have any expectations of them in the future or what or who they need to become. I just want to teach them to be kind and to be honest. And the truth is the rest is up to them. You know, they've already got a farm in Portugal, so... They'll be fine. You've taught them more than that. Yeah, they're good kids. Poppy's going to join us, actually, which is both exciting and nerve-wracking all at the same time. Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Poppy's here. Hello, cutie. Oh, my God. Her debut, Poppy Brent Beckles. And beautiful. Can I talk? Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and you just jump in when you feel like you've got something to say. Pops, can you tell me, what was it like for you the last time we went, the first time, really, that we went to Portugal? What did it feel like? I didn't understand it because I was in COVID. It was really hard for me to... Receive it. Yeah. So I didn't want to go to Portugal, but I found out that it was really incredible when I didn't have... So it's my fantasy now. Why? What do you love about it so much? Well, it's the people. They're really sweet. They're really nice. And it's pretty modern. I love about it, too. Yeah. There's a little pop of color. I love just how they do th- their way. New York has always been New York. So you think you like the Portugal feels like it's just natural? Yeah. The farm has an incredible story. I love it. It's just wide open spaces. I like where you can have outdoor spaces. New York, you cannot find foxes or or you like like nature i love good nature you cannot find rams in your backyard no you can't find a ram in the west village you cannot find a deer in your bedroom when you look at the farm what does it feel like to you to have the house there and to know that jijo will be there and have her house there well it's incredible how we're it's just a walk away like two steps to get there and it's really easy and i love that so if i want to sit dad i'm leaving i want to go i can just go to their house see jack the dog i could go see the poppies the little poppies over there Mm -hmm. yeah but i love portugal it's incredible area what does it feel like to know that that house will always be there it feels really special Pops, can I ask you like some random questions and you tell me what you think? What does home mean to you? Because I was saying I have my answers with Gijo, but like what does home mean to you? Somewhere that is special to you. And there's always something 
it, like, let's see. You can rely on it any time. You know that it's there for you. You know that it's, it's just somewhere that special. Will you describe to me what's the energy of your house like? There's two types. One that annoys me sometimes. Your brother. Of course. Okay. Like, annoy, annoy, yeah. annoy, annoy, I wish annoy, I could tell you annoy. that's going to change, but it's not. And never. Yeah. The two energies is this Nate and Oscar express their love with silly and not concentrating and not serious. <laughs> Rambo Which makes me so mad because we're different. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, me, and the cat. Tuckers, like Nate and Oscar, um, we express it by just calm, at least. Calm. And then they just run in and they go crazy. So it drives me crazy. Sometimes, like, when I, let's see. Would you, do you think the house is a happy house? Yeah, it's very happy. There's lots of energetic things that are happening. We're always laughing. For sure. What's your favorite part of your house? So I like my room because it's my own private space. Preach. Just how I can rely on it sometimes. What were you smiling? Was did I say something wrong? Or no, like, you're perfect. <laughs> it's really um, a really nice way to hear your child describe their house. Oh, you're crying. Oh, don't start with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a nice thing to know that home for you is a place that you can rely on. Okay. That's a big deal. Yeah. There's a lot of people who don't have a place to rely on. Even Jujo, when she was growing up, they moved all the... She lived in 15 different houses. No. Yeah. And so... We've lived in a lot of them. Well... (laughs) 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 We're done now, right? I have some questions for you. Nope. Not it. Not doing it. What does your room feel like? Portugal. How does it feel like Portugal? One of the reasons I brought in that wallpaper we have is, in, is all the trees um, because like you, Pops, nature is really, really important to me. It's why we have trees in every room of our house and branches every week and flowers. I've always got all those around the house, if you've noticed. And every window has a tree peeking through. Of course it does. Um, and so the bedroom, I saw that the wallpaper and it reminded me of the hills in Portugal. I like that. Okay. Let's see. What does your husband mean to you? Your father was the beginning of everything for me. Falling in love with him, I realized that I could have a bigger life than I knew was possible. And he's, you know how you talked about how you can always come home and you can rely on home? Yeah. That's how I feel with your dad. Cute. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay. What's his energy? That's what I know. Daddy's energy? Yeah. Daddy Nate's is it energy? Love or is it rambunctious or is it crazy or is no, it lunatic? You know what, you know or is it? <laughs> well, I think you're projecting. Um, no, Daddy Nate is joy. And for each two people, let, let me just let me joy. Ju- he's actually definitely joy. He's joy. He's always happy. He's always jokey. And even sometimes when some people in the house are a little moody, which I don't know about you, but sometimes I can have a mood. Your father I can get a mood. Your father is the, always the light. He's always happy. You know, he's he ne- he's never, never gets mad. No, he, he does never not. even has his leg. He, he never doesn't. Stop. He's not grumpy. He, he never gets grumpy. grumpy. I know. It's kind of crazy. I know. If I could only float through life <laughs> <laughs> like your father, but that's what it is. Your father's always been joy. Yeah. I wish I was like that too. Oh, you are like that. 
I can try. I can get grumpy. Yeah, well, you get hangry. I get hangry. Yeah. That's the number one thing. I know. Give me one last one. What does home mean to you? Honestly, Pops, it's just the three of you. I work really hard, obviously. Fine. Not that not that interesting. And we have a really beautiful house and, and we get to travel the world. But honestly, sitting next to the two of you or having the three of us walking down the sidewalk to dinner and having dinner together, home will always be you kids and Nate. I love it. <laughs> Mom, can I ask you just a quick question? What has home taught you? Like in kind of closing, like what do you, what do you think home has taught you? Like you look back where it started, your journey with home was very different than when you started creating your own home and then now what home is. What do you think it's taught you? Gratitude. Live in the moment. Nice. See the beauty. Hold on to memories. Make them, make them hard. Make them last. What about you, Pops? What is home, what is home taught you so far? Find your surroundings. Live long, love long. What is the sign in our house say? What do we say to each other every night? Um, I love you to the moon and back. My heart. Loves your heart. That's really all that home needs to be. Yep. Um, I wanted to say quickly before we go. Um, we how- go? <laughs> before the We're pod. done? <laughs> We're done? I haven't even got it to my specialist. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have you on for another one. But I do want to say, in all seriousness... It's not lost on me, the impact of having three generations sitting here talking about what home means um, and how special this is, because we're going to have it forever. And it's really interesting to me to watch just the ripple effect of love and creativity and vulnerability and awareness um, and what it, the effect that it has. And watching it through your eyes is really fun, Pops. Watching it through your eyes is really fun. And I'm really grateful that we have this opportunity. So thank you guys for joining me. Anytime. Thank you. (laughs) I think the most fascinating thing for me today is to listen to three different generations discuss what home means to them. I'm really grateful to have had them on today. And I'd love to hear about the special places in your life that maybe you've shared with a loved one. Please make sure to post, comment, or tag us on Instagram at Ideas of Order California Closets. Ideas of Order is a California Closets podcast. Thanks so much to the team behind the scenes. This episode is produced by Samantha Sager and Rob Schulte at the Surround Podcast Network by Sandow Design Group. Thank you guys for joining and I can't wait to talk to you next week.